As you know by now, there are a lot of decisions you'll need to make in transitioning to retirement. And one will be about healthcare. In the US, you'll need to make some decisions about Medicare coverage. And it's not simple, it's pretty complicated. So how do you know that you're making the right choice? How do you know you're creating the best options for you? A little over a year ago, I went through this process and I found a recommendation from Richard Eisenberg and Next Avenue on a company called 65 Incorporated. And that cut through all the complexity, gave me a comprehensive guide of my options and talked me through the different choices that I could make. The person who did that debrief for me now has a new book out. Medicare for You, A Smart Person's Guide. And she's here today to talk with us about the book and about Medicare and how to make the right decisions and avoid some common mistakes. Nationally known Medicare expert Diane Omdahl is a registered nurse with a master's degree in health services administration. For more than 30 years, she has been a true pioneer in the field of Medicare. She launched her first business in the basement of her home and grew it into a multi-million dollar company providing Medicare education for home health agencies. In 2012, she co-founded her latest company, 65 Incorporated, with her daughter. 65 Incorporated provides America's seniors with unbiased, individualized Medicare enrollment guidance through fee-for-service one-on-one consultations. Diane is also the brain behind the i65 Medicare optimization software for financial professionals. i65 empowers these professionals to offer accurate Medicare guidance to their clients without being Medicare experts themselves. What's important to know is that 65 Incorporated and I-65 are not affiliated with the sale of Medicare insurance products in any way, thus giving clients a peace of mind that the recommendations being made are always in their best interest. Diane writes about Medicare at Forbes.com and has been featured in numerous publications, including USA Today, The Washington Post, The Wall Street Journal, Market Watch, Kiplinger, CBS Money Watch, and many others. You can learn more at 65incorporated.com and i65.com. You'll find links to those two, as well as the book, in the show notes. Diane, it's such a pleasure to speak with you once again. Thanks for making the time to join us today. Well, thank you for the invitation, Joe. So how far in advance should people begin to prepare before they enroll in Medicare? I think a very important step that they can do at any time in their life is to set up a My Social Security account. That is the way that they will enroll in Medicare when it's time. And we have run into people trying to enroll in Medicare who did not have an account, and it's not always easy to set up. And people who have an account haven't kept it up to date. They haven't formed Social Security, their address change. And after a divorce, women and name change, that's quite involved. And with the Social Security offices just coming back out from COVID, Many of them are still not open completely. If you have to submit documents, you don't want to send originals in the mail. And so that's what we say. Keep it up to date. Then when you're actually approaching 65, you can't do anything until your initial enrollment period, which is three months before your birthday, unless it's on the first of the month and it's four months. But people like to start about six months in advance, given they're getting all of the advertising even earlier than that. We tell them that's when you should start thinking about it. And one of our best advice is a piece of advice is to, they can toss out that stuff they get prior to age 65, because as they get closer and know what they need, then they can look for the specific information that will work for them. So what are key things that people need to know about the initial enrollment period? 
as I just briefly mentioned, it is a seven-month period, and, and this is one of these complexities in Medicare. If your birthday is not on the first of the month, it begins three months before, and it ends three months after your birth month. You can enroll at any time during those seven months. After your birthday, if you enroll the month after, it will begin the next month. This is good for people, for instance, who are turning 65 in September and don't plan to retire till December. That's the last month of their initial enrollment period. Enroll then, it will start January 1. Now, people whose birthday is on the first day of the month, Medicare treats that like the last day of the previous month. So an April 1st birthday would be a March 31 for Medicare. So technically their initial enrollment period begins four months before their birthday and ends two months after, but it's the same rules that apply. One other thing about the initial enrollment period, even if you don't think you have to enroll during that initial period, please pay attention. People who are still employed and have coverage related to their jobs can delay Medicare if the company has 20 or more employees, but they still need to look at, for instance, if they're contributing to a health savings account. Once they're past Medicare, the timing of enrollment can affect their contributions. If they have prescription drug coverage in their plan, they need to confirm that it meets Medicare standards. Otherwise, they're looking at a late enrollment penalty. I just did a client last year, 72 years old. His wife was much younger. She was retiring. He'd been on her plan since age 65, discovered the coverage was not creditable. He was not very happy when we calculated he's paying $31 a month late enrollment penalties this year, and that will follow him for life. So they, even if they don't enroll, they still need to look at their situations. What surprises people most when they begin to look into Medicare? I think basically with the initial enrollment period, it isn't just straightforward. The complexity just drives people crazy. I wish I had started putting away a nickel for every time somebody said to me, how does the normal person do this? You know, implying Diane is not normal. We all know that. But there are so many twists. You'll say something and then they'll give me a piece of information. I'll say, oh, but then this is what you have to do. I think that's one of the biggest things. The second thing is that all of the choices that people have, they probably had employer coverage and every year the plan would change and maybe they'd have one or two options to pick from. Very little individual input, but in the Medicare world, there is on average 40-some plans available, Medicare Advantage plans, to an enrollee. There are about 20-some drug plans that people go, ugh, just too many choices. Not always good. And I think the third thing is what surprises many people later in life, particularly when we get into the issue of commercials. These Medicare Advantage plans look so great based on all these free things and all of the low costs. But what many people don't realize, if they live in one of 46 states, and Medicare Advantage doesn't quite work out for them down the road, and suddenly a Medicare supplement plan, which we'll talk about, looks better. Many of them tell me, I did not know that I had to go through medical underwriting to get a supplement. That is one of the, the biggest things that surprises people, and they are not very happy. I was never told that. Nobody ever said that. Well, that's why we say pay attention. Get to know what applies to you. We cover this in detail in your new book, Medicare for You, A Smart Person's Guide. But could you give us an overview of the two Medicare paths? The two Medicare paths is how Medicare is structured for most people over 65. It is probably the most important decision people will make going forward. Yet people give it the short shrift. I read that on average, people spend 14 hours shopping for a new car. What do they do when it comes to Medicare? They go with what spouse has or what works for a friend or what's in the commercials. 
realizing that with a car, there are lemon laws and worst case scenario, you'd lose your money, start over. Medicare in most states, you won't be able to start over. So this decision is very important. Original Medicare, the path consists of enrolling in Part A and Part B, getting a Medicare supplement plan, which is a Medigap policy, common name, and a standalone Part D drug plan. So that's the package of original Medicare path. The Medicare Advantage path is a Medicare Advantage plan that includes prescription drug coverage, an MAPD plan. Now, some people believe that by going with Medicare Advantage, they don't have to enroll in Part B because there is no Part B for them, but they must enroll. It's a condition of enrolling. Medicare Advantage plans must provide Part A and Part B services, but they decide how to provide them. Part A is hospital insurance. Part B is medical insurance, the outpatient component. There are some big differences. For instance, and this comes out of all the commercials, Medicare Advantage plans have very low premiums. So you will read that Medicare Advantage costs less. Well, Medicare Advantage premiums are less. There, now, most of the people in the country have it, can get a zero premium plan, but Medicare supplements come with premiums depending where you live. In, in Wisconsin, you know, we're looking at $150 to $200 a month starting out for a supplement. So, wow, that's how much? $2,400 a year compared to zero? But Medicare Advantage plans come with cost sharing. Zero premium doesn't mean free. So you pay $25 to see your primary doctor, $50 for a specialist. Going to the hospital, it's $365 a day for the first five days. Out-of-network plans, PPO, give you the choice of out-of-network. Those costs can be higher. For instance, 33 or 50% of a hospital stay with a PPO. So you pay those costs. Every time you go, we call it a pay later. You write a check for this, write a check for that. Until you hit the plan's out-of-pocket maximum, that's your protection. And unlike original Medicare, just Part A and Part B, there is a cap, right? Medicare upped those limits again this year to $8,300 for in-network care. So on the East Coast, people are facing seven to $8,000 out-of-pocket. That's how Advantage plans work with costs. So if you're healthy, zero premium, you're going to save a lot. But if you're sick, get cancer, most plans charge 20% of chemo treatments. Now on the original Medicare side, we call it a pay now. You pay your $200 a month, you pay your Part B premium, which this year is $226. So that's about, call it $2,400 plus $300, $2,700 a year. See doctors who accept Medicare, that's it. You don't write checks for everything. So in the long run, if you have medical issues, the original Medicare path with a supplement can be more cost-effective. That's one big thing many people do not know. They need to go beyond the premiums from when they're healthy to what it will look like down the road. Then we have to look at the, the rules. Medicare Advantage plans are network-based. In many plans, your best cost will be in-network. HMOs, for instance, health maintenance organizations won't cover out-of-network except in an emergency, and they don't have to. The networks can change at any time. People think maybe once a year, but we had a client who had open heart surgery coming up. He worked very diligently to find the surgeon he wanted in network, got everything set up. It took him a while. A week before his surgery, the doctor dropped out of network. That happens. Now with Medicare, the original Medicare path, the physician compared database lists all the doctors in the country who accept Medicare. Once doctors accept Medicare, unless they're kicked out of the practice, they continue to accept it. They control their caseload by not taking new patients. But when you have a doctor in original Medicare in the who accepts Medicare assignment, it's basically a payer change. You don't have to worry about networks. The big rule that is a deal breaker for many people is prior authorization. That means 
you sprain your ankle, you need PT. The doctor has to get approval from an insurance company, which can delay your treatment. You go home, put ice on it. If it's too long of a delay, you may pay for it privately. I just reviewed the evidence of coverage for Medicare Advantage plan that said it can take up to two weeks for prior authorization approval. And we've heard people say it takes longer. 99% of Medicare Advantage beneficiaries are in plans that require prior auth. And so that is one of the things that people had no idea. When they find out about it, they say, oh, I wanted Medicare Advantage, but I don't want prior auth because imagine prior authorizing chemotherapy treatments. The plans can do that. So that is a deal breaker for many people. Now on the original Medicare side with the original Medicare path, there is no prior authorization for chemotherapy. There's no prior authorization for medically necessary treatments. There is prior authorization in a couple of situations. If you need a power mobility device because there's so much fraud, and if you have to have a surgery that could be cosmetic, like nose, is it to make you prettier or to help you breathe? So there are those few instances, but otherwise on the original Medicare path, no prior auth. And as I previously mentioned, the original Medicare path, once you have a supplement, it's your buddy for life. Medicare Advantage changes every year. Things don't work out. You may have to go through underwriting to change paths. So that was a quick synopsis, but hopefully it makes the important points that change people's minds when they find out about them. Very helpful. So what else should people know about Medicare Advantage that the barrage of commercials really doesn't tell them? The commercials, thankfully, those have slowed up. I don't know if you were aware that last year, Centers for Medicare Medicaid Services, CMS, changed the way that commercials are treated, and now they have to be approved, and they're going back to look at all the prior commercials. So they have slowed up, but they're starting to come back, and they have to deal specifically with certain plans, so maybe they won't be this over the top. But anyway, you are not getting the complete story, of course. They're in the business to sell you something, and so when they say zero co-payments, if you look real quick, you see that little white line underneath there. I actually froze the screen, got out my magnifying glass on my big television, and I read it. It said that this applies to primary doctors, basically, if you live in the right zip code. <laughs> so no co-payments for some primary doctors. Then there's this big pitch about get back up to $144 for Part B. That is real big. I, my, uh, I have a relative who keeps texting me about how can I get this, Diane? I keep saying, you don't live in the right place. I did a, every year I kind of do a survey of the Part B givebacks. This is a premium reduction. They give you back part of your premium. Well, $144 givebacks are very rare. I found two plans in Florida that I never heard of, health maintenance organization plans that will give you back $144. So I tell my relative, you're going to need to move to Florida, get an HMO. But a month is common, but there are not that many plans. All right, then we get into the free benefits, the free dental, the vision, the transportation, the meals, the personal aid. All of those have limits. Those benefits have limits. For instance, uh, Kaiser Family Foundation found that in 2021, the average vision benefit, free vision, the average benefit that you got was $160. Now, do you want the right or the left side of your glasses, basically? Transportation limited to maybe 24 round trips in a year for approved visits, usually to the doctors and network. The meals, you could get maybe like eight days of meals post-hospitalization. The home, the personal aid is visits, 20 to 30 in a year, not enough to meet your long-term care. And what people need to realize is that it may save four hours, 
but it's up to four hour visit, which means if that personal caregiver is supposed to help you with a bath and a meal, they may be out of the house in an hour. And I think don't call the number on the screen. Again, when you read the fine print, it will say that this will connect you to an agent who may not, may or may not be in your area, who may or may not be selling your plan, or may or may not be selling Medicare Advantage. I actually saw that on one of the commercials. So I tell people, if something interests you in the commercial, go to the Medicare plan finder, find that plan in your area, then actually go and look at the evidence of coverage. This is painful for many people trying to find the evidence of coverage, which is the rules. It's amazing what they say in the commercial and what the actual rules are, two different stories. Then when you think you like the plan, contact a local agent or you can enroll directly with the plan, but never call that number because there's been all kinds of reports about people who called the number, thought they were getting this, but then they weren't, thought their meds were covered, but then they weren't. And so, yes. (laughs) So what are some of the common mistakes you see people make with Medicare enrollment? And how can they be avoided? Oh, common mistakes. Let's see, where where are my notes on that? One is you must enroll in Medicare at age 65. I have I've argued with so many people about that. And it's usually after they enrolled, found out they were no longer eligible to contribute to a health savings account. And then they have a situation to deal with. And then they say, but I had to. And I said, no, you didn't have to enroll, okay? On the other side, then there are those people who think I have, coverage. So I don't have to enroll. This gets pretty messy, particularly with COBRA. When we get calls from people who have COBRA over age 65, I'm not looking forward to the conversation. COBRA is a continuation plan, which is the same that they had when they were employed. The only thing that really changes is how much they may be paying in premiums. So because they have COBRA employer coverage, they don't enroll. This is where we get into the issue of Creditable coverage, and this can be very confusing. The Affordable Care Act, healthcare.gov, defines creditable coverage as almost any health insurance. Now, from that perspective, it is to eliminate the concern about pre existing conditions. So, if you have COBRA, you don't have to worry about pre existing conditions. But when we get into the Medicare world, the definition changes. Creditable coverage, when we're talking medical, not drug, deals with whether or not the coverage can help you delay Medicare enrollment. The only coverage that can truly delay Medicare enrollment, no penalties or problems, is employer group coverage related to the current employment of you or your spouse sponsored by a company with 20 or more employees. So COBRA is sponsored by a company with 20 or more employees, but you're no longer working or your spouse is no longer working. So you have to enroll in Medicare when that coverage is ending or employment is ending, whichever comes first. Very complex. This is what blows people's minds. But that they need to really dig in and find out. They can't have somebody in HR, some insurance agent say, well, you have to do this or you don't have to do that because then they can have a problem. All right. Third mistake, not giving yourself enough time. Social security was closed for what? Up to three years, the offices were closed and they are far from up to speed. We had a couple that same situation, both turning 65. He was retiring, so they both had to enroll. Their birthdays were in the same month. They both did the same thing. He got his card in three weeks, and six weeks later, she's still waiting. And she's getting nervous. She's getting nervous. You have to give yourself time. Realize that you can't go to Social Security very easily anymore and visit somebody in the office to deal with it. So that's a mistake. Another mistake is not knowing about 
IRMA, I-R-M-A-A, the Higher Income Beneficiary Adjustment, stands for Income-Related Monthly Adjustment Amount. As I say, one thing Medicare is really good at is acronyms. IRMA, not the hurricane because it has an extra A, but it can be a, a tempest. When people enroll in Medicare, they get their bill and they have to pay more. We've had people who just pay it because they think, well, Social Security and Medicare, they know what they're doing. Well, they do know what they're doing, but you need to know what you're doing. People who are retiring and enrolling in Medicare, what they will pay in in premiums for Part B and Part D drug coverage is based on what they earned two years ago. So two years ago, the man might have been a, a CEO of a company, but he's retiring in February. His income's going to drop this year. And because it drops related to his retirement, Social Security recognizes that as a life-changing event. He can process a form with Social Security to say, yes, two years ago I was working, but now I retired and my income's dropping. I had a couple in here one time when the husband did Medicare on his own, you know, three years prior, and now his wife was doing Medicare. Well, same situation. She was now retiring. Her income was going to drop. And I said, you, you need to file this form and they'll adjust your premiums. He had no idea. And he paid the extra for two years. And there's nothing he can do about it now because he's outside the window. They, that can be a big, expensive mistake. And then I think the, the next, the last mistake I think of significance is once you're in Medicare, don't put it on autopilot, which means every year during open enrollment, you have the opportunity to change either your Medicare Advantage plan or your prescription drug coverage. Last year during open enrollment, we actually worked with, I believe it was five or six clients who had the same drug plan as they did when they went into Medicare, which was two, five, 10 years ago, same drug plan. And they were all complaining about how much they were paying. Well, one person was paying for a drug that the plan no longer covered. Another one had a very expensive plan, but the now was taking all generics. By looking at their situation, looking visiting the Medicare plan finder, we saved them between $1,200 and over $10,000. So don't put it on autopilot, even if you love your plan. For instance, years ago, the cheapest plans were around $20 a month. Well, now in the years since, we've seen more inexpensive plans come into the marketplace for those people who don't take drugs. In Washington state, there is actually a drug plan that cost $1.60 a month. <laughs> so don't put it on autopilot. I think those are the big mistakes, Joe. Thank you, Diane. To that point, for those who are already enrolled in Medicare, how often should people review their coverage and how, do, how does it work when they want to make changes? Generally, there is only one time a year to change your drug coverage, which is the open enrollment period, October 15th to December 7th. And if you have a Medicare Advantage plan, there are two times a year you can change that coverage, the open enrollment in fall and the Medicare Advantage open enrollment period, which is January 1st to March 31st. So if you're living in the same, in the same place, those are the two times every year that you can change it. Basically, what is involved is you will get a notice of changes late in the month of September. So you have XYZ drug plan and you'll get the notice of change and they'll say, well, your premium next year is going to be this. We made some changes in pharmacy, so please check this to see if your pharmacy is still covered. We made some changes in the cost of the, the tier, the categories for meds, so check the formulary to find out You know, if a drug goes from a tier two to tier three, you're going to pay more. 
So they can investigate that through the Medicare plan finder. It's really, it's a valuable tool that is not complicated to use. When you put in your drugs and pick your pharmacies, the plans that come up are in the order of cost from the most cost-effective to the most expensive. At that time, Medicare supplement plans do not change. The only thing that can change is the premium. For people in the, the 46 states I alluded to, the four that don't, um, Maine, Connecticut, New York, and Massachusetts, they have special rules, okay? They can make changes more often or the types of changes they can make are different. But in 46 states, Medicare supplements are your buddy for life. Now, if you want to make a change with them, you can do that at any time. You're not restricted to open enrollment. But as I mentioned, you may need to go through medical underwriting because once you've been in Medicare for more than six months, you've lost your guaranteed issue right. Basically, you've lost the right to get a supplement without underwriting. So that's the situation. Now, people who move, like moving from New Jersey to Massachusetts, they need to look at the fact that some doors may open. For instance, with a Medicare Advantage plan, no matter state you live in, if you move from Wisconsin to Florida, you basically get a do-over. It's like you're 65 again with an Advantage plan. Medicare supplements will generally move with you, except if you're moving from Florida to Wisconsin, Massachusetts, or Minnesota, their plans are standardized differently. So you have to have a do-over moving into those states, like New Jersey to Massachusetts. And then drug coverage. Even if you love your plan, you probably can keep it, but the premium may change. So you need to notify. And of course, if you move, you have to notify Social Security. So that's how the the changes in coverage work for people. That's why the initial decision for so many is so very important. Appreciate that. And just wanted to mention that as a very happy customer, we used your service 65 Incorporated before I enrolled in Medicare over a year ago. I want to ensure that people hear about 65 Incorporated and how it works. How 65 Incorporated works. Number one, we do not sell insurance. So we do not get any money from insurance companies. We do not refer names. It's whatever the clients share with us stays with us. And it's to help them make the best decisions. So we are fee-based and our fees are on our website. How it works if a client decides to go forward with us, they provide to us information that is confidential. And basically... I did a HIPAA video years ago. We're not violating any HIPAA because we ask for drugs, physicians, and pharmacies. So we we don't have any idea what's cooking with your, your medical situation, but we do that to find the best plans. Once we have that, we do a little prep work, and then we have a, a conversation with the client, a, a webinar in person if they live close to where we are, or just a phone call. We find out things that have an impact on the decision. <clears throat> for instance, they're going to have hip replacement surgery, you know, at the end of the year, or they had a heart attack a year ago. Those things have an impact on their decisions. We talk with them about everything they need to know. So we go beyond just the Medicare plans. We talk about, for instance, if they plan to move, we talk about help them with the IRMA decision. If foreign travel, we talk about long-term care insurance. I think I didn't even mention that. That's another big mistake people make, not addressing long-term care when they're young. And sorry, forgot that then. We provide to them then a roadmap, which if they don't pay attention, any other page, page number three is the (laughs) step-by-steps. Do you know how many people we give them the step-by-steps and they still, (laughs) well, anyway, we won't go there. (laughs) That's how it works. And then I have to say, since COVID started, 80% of people do not have things work the way it's supposed to work. I just, I am, I'm just amazed at what we hear, the misinformation. We have clients call us up and they're, 
they're basically freaking out because somebody told them something that was different than we told them. But, you know, our best piece of free advice, Joe, is hang up and call again. You, you get a different person. So that's how the process works. And now we're in the pro, uh, we're transitioning to have a better, robust I-65 software system so that more people will be able to get the benefit of our information without our, our consultation fees, which is we can't handle everything that we're getting. One thing I wasn't aware of is you also have software for financial professionals. Could you tell us a little bit about how that works? Our I-65 started out just as the, the tool to help people make Medicare decisions. You're turning 65, you need to enroll, boom, 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 and you get a roadmap. But we realized that many financial advisors do not think of Medicare as a business opportunity. They're managing their clients' finances for life, but they don't deal with Medicare and it's going to be the biggest chunk of money. Healthcare is going to be the biggest chunk. And so many of them just, when they're turning 65, they'll refer them to an agent, but they need more than an agent can provide. And maybe it's not even the right time for the agent. So we have three tools in one. The needs assessment will look at a client situation. 50 years old, they want to get an idea of what might happen with Medicare. They can run through the needs assessment. We ask questions. We find out what they have, what's going on, and we identify possible mistakes they can make and things they need to do either now or in the future. So that is the needs assessment. And that, for people turning 65, that leads right into perhaps they need to do a roadmap. I plan to keep working. Oh, but you need to know about some of these things we talked about, like drug coverage. And then the, uh, the last component is our I estimate, which financial advisors are finding very helpful to opening a door about planning for long-term healthcare costs. Now, as I understand it, and this is not my bailiwick, my partner, Melinda, is a CSA, Certified Senior Advisor, knows way more. But healthcare costs in retirement are going to be the biggest chunk And our tool, I think, is one of the first that actually gets specific about your situation. It has questions, for instance, do you live alone? Are you a female? Because that you live longer, you're more likely to have long-term care costs, and you're more likely to live alone as a woman. Then we get into, as you get older, do you have concerns? You may have um, cognitive issues, depression. Mobility problems, that's my concern because of a car crash I had, rear-ended, and now my back is, is an issue. I have concerns that I'm going to need help with mobility. Then we, we are working with another uh, third party that actually gives us the costs based on, on our score that we come up with for the client, all put in, and then we take ERMA into consideration, and there's this nice, big, not big, but helpful tool. And in there, as my partner says, there's a heart attack chart about how much Medicare may cost particularly for higher income beneficiaries. And so the the advisor can then say, well, this healthcare chunk here you're going to have to pay could blow out your retirement. Start working with them on what can they do, annuities, for instance, open the door to those discussions. So that is what our software does. And and it's basically, I am the person putting the content in and my team is programming it and they know much more, but i65.com will open the door on that. And I appreciate your asking, Joe, because it's it's going to be very significant when we, we're in finishing up 4.0 now, a complete upgrade. Great. Well, I appreciate taking the time to talk with us. I've read the book, great book, Medicare for You, A Smart Person's Guide. And again, I can fully highly recommend the 65 Incorporated Service. It was godsend for me and really also gave a lot of comprehensive information about the call with you. 
really help you make some sound, smart decisions. Well, I appreciate that. I like to have people make smart decisions because then I don't have to help them otherwise. <laughs> thank right, you, thank Joe. Thank you again, Diane. Yes, have a good day. You too. Time for takeaways, actionable ideas you can take following this podcast. Here are a few ideas. Number one, do your homework and be ready to read the fine print. When it comes to Medicare, like many things, the devil is indeed in the details. So make sure you're setting aside some time to do your homework in advance. You'll be ready to make the right choices. Number two, get objective advice. In comparing your options, make sure you're tapping into resources who aren't trying to sell you something, whether it be insurance agents, other professionals, your neighbor, your brother-in-law, your daughter-in-law, etc. Make sure you're getting some objective facts and from someone who has your best interest in mind. I think this book, Medicare for You, A Smart Person's Guide, is a great resource if you're a do-it-yourselfer. And 65 Incorporated, at least for me, was a great resource and could be for you in terms of getting objective, comprehensive, right up and, and debrief on what your choices are. Number three, Take action today if you haven't set up my social security account if you're in the U.S. Take a minute, do it today. If you're not sure, make sure you check. If you are sure, check again because everything starts with that move. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Wisdom Podcast. You can find all of our episodes across six seasons at our website, retirementwisdom.com. You can browse various guests and topics that'll help you prepare for the non-financial side of retirement and make sure you're retiring smarter. 